0: Hi, this is Cliff Click and I'm here starting a new weekly podcast talking about programming and performance. And today I'm going to talk about bugs and coding style and I have sort of some, some interesting historical information to supply on both. So, so in particular, I'm going to uh, do a little little data dumping here up front. So way back in the day, I was working at, inside of Sun on HotSpot, it was a large complicated program called the Java virtual machines, all written in C++. There were, you know, 20 or 40 core engineering programmers and a hundred or more library and sort of external support programmers, QA and so on. And so forth. it's a very large project, very complicated for its day. It did first time in a sort of a large way. It did garbage collection. It did uh, jitting on, uh, you know, on the fly code compilation. It did giant levels of multi-threading and, you know, multi-processing for high core count machines. It was very complicated. It had bugs. So at the end of working at Sun, therefore, over a five-year period, I did a retrospective uh, look at uh, the bugs and how, where they came from, and, and you know what was sort of the what sort of things you can draw from that. I looked at 10,000 bugs um, written by 20 engineers. The 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 bugs I then associated with where they came from. So the bugs either came from new functionality code, or a refactoring, or a tech debt elimination cleanup or from bug fixes themselves. And and there were some very clear and very obvious correlations showed up. New functionality code had a higher bug rate than refactoring by a factor of about 10 to 1. It was pretty dramatic. And refactoring code um, itself had a much higher bug rate than bug fixes. Let's just call it 10 to 1, but it was much higher, and rarely did a bug fix have itself cause a new bug. It was commonly that a bug fix would fail to actually fix the, the whole of the bug, maybe only part of it. Sometimes the bug fixes were complete miss and, and didn't touch the root bug at all, um, but they rarely caused a new bug. And anytime I had a second follow-on bug, um, it was counted against the same issue where it came from. You know, you, you might think that refactoring wouldn't have very many bugs, um, but it was commonly the case that you are refactoring because the new functionality um, had a bug and it was ugly-looking code because of the way new functionality comes from. So the refactoring had a tough time understanding what was going on with the, the sort of grotty old code that was doing something exciting, and the refactoring person didn't always get it quite right. So you, you definitely had bugs in refactoring, but new functionality had the highest bug rate by far. So, the, the next sort of common association I saw was that the, the, the programmers all had different flow rates of, of code generation, so, <clears throat> excuse me, um, the, the, I was producing, at that time I was producing was pretty clearly twice the rate of code of the next fastest programmer. Who's producing twice the rate of code of the next fastest programmer? Who's producing twice the rate of code of the next fastest programmer? And again and again, it, it, the the powers of two roll down through the team, through you know six or seven people, pretty darn clearly. So you know, essentially, I was coding half of all the code that went into Hotspots, you know, core infrastructure at that time. Um, uh, in addition. Some programmers did new functionality and some specialized in refactoring, but I did a lot of the new functionality coding that went on, and the second fastest guy did mostly refactoring code. So, so there's a huge ratio of, of what kind of code and how fast it was getting done. But when I looked at everybody who did new functionality code, my bug rate was about average for the team. If you were writing refactoring code, again, my bug rate was about average for when I wrote refactoring code. So it was about average, and yet I wrote both a higher volume of code and of the new functionality code. So my overall bug rate was much higher than anyone else in the team. But that's also because I was pushing the project forward much faster than anyone else was. I was making it happen. So as I looked through the bugs and the bug rates and where the code came from and why, some other correlations popped out. And that is the, the bug rates for new functionality were roughly the same for, for each engineer. And it varied from engineer to engineer, but by average, most engineers were pretty close to each other. There's a big gap to refactoring, which had its own much lower bug rate. However, the the bug rate goes against lines of code and fewer lines of code that gets the same job done had the same bug rate as fluffy code to get a particular job done. That is, you really wanted to get the same job done in fewer lines of code. It really mattered. So this is sort of a non-obvious thing. You don't hear people talking about it very much. If I write code that says if and then down a line and open curly and something and down a line and close curly and else and down a line and open curly and some other thing and uh, down a line and close curly versus code that's just like return, you know, test, question mark, stanza one colon stanza two done in one line. I got the same job done in one line instead of five or eight. And uh, the bug rate remained the same. So I had fewer bugs per unit of functionality by writing denser code. And when I made that observation and started looking, this pattern would play out again and again and again. If people are writing very fluffy code, if open curly down, something down, close curly down, everything you know spread down vertically, they are typically getting less done. It's harder to understand because it's spread out over more lines of code, and and you know the concept isn't in one tight little space. It's like smeared across the screen, and pretty soon the code runs on and on and on, it disappears off the top of the screen, and you can't see it all all at once. Dense code gets more done per unit of byte. You'd rather have denser code. So don't refine that a little bit. Um, blank lines never counted against you. I, I looked at with and without blank, blank lines. Truly blank lines typically were used to break apart stanzas of concepts. I wrote a concept down in a few lines and I wanted a little vertical break and then I had another stanza of code to do a new concept and then a little vertical break, and so on. That never hurt, throw the white lines in, it's all fine. Comments also never hurt, Um, sometimes they didn't help, you can use like, you know, IdeaJ auto commenting on your Java doc, that was like no semantic content, that was a useless comment. But otherwise comments, you know, generally helped. If you actually spent the time to put a comment down, it never counted against you in terms of bug rate. It often helped because the next guy came along would read the code, and even if the comment wasn't wholly correct, it was close enough to the mark that made you look at what was going on. You understood, and and you know you got what was happening there, and you you wrote fewer bugs when you went into that code. Okay, so so I'll summarize here real quickly. Writing new code expect ten times the function uh, the bug rate of writing refactoring or tech debt elimination code, which will have 10 times the bug rate of doing a bug fix. And the next thing is, programmers have a wide range of coding speeds, but the bug rate per programmer seemed to be fairly closely related to whether the kind of code they're writing and not by the programmer per se. The spread was much narrower. People generally wrote code that generally worked. And then, of course, there was the observation that, you know, there's a huge spread and speed of people who actually program from, you know, 10 to 1. You hear the 10 to 1 number? Well, I watched it in spades. It was well beyond 10 to 1 in the hotspot team. Okay, so I'm gonna change topics here and talk a little bit about coding styles. So I've been coding for more than 40 years. I predated all Java coding styles because obviously I predated Java. Well, I predated most C coding styles because I pretty much predated C as well. Um, and I've predated tons and tons of coding styles and I've, so I've seen them all from no coding style to this to that and the, the people promoting different kinds of good coding styles and what's good and what's not. I've seen this come and go forever and a day. And I've been on dozen projects where there was a rigorous coding style enforced, and I've been on a dozen projects where it was, you know, come, catch us, catch cam, whatever it was going to be. And I'll have to say I never saw a coding style save a project but I saw plenty of coding style wars wreck teams. Teams that became dysfunctional because people would be fighting over which way to put the curly brace and where to have spaces in names and camel case versus underscores versus whatever. That caused people to mistrust each other and get into like tit for tat, change your code to my style, change my code to your style kind of games and they lost the ability to to move forward in the project because they are too busy fighting the coding style or fighting each other about the coding style. So let me me back up a second here on this coding style thing and bring out the, the, the much more important observation that comes with coding style. When I'm starting out a path of producing new functionality I, I've got some goal in mind. I'm, I'm staring down at a, at a sea, a jungle of unknown path, how to get somewhere. And, and in the distant horizon, there's a mountain I want to, top, I want to get to. And, and this is what you know, coding, you should think about coding is like when you're doing some new coding. You don't know the path. You're on an exploratory journey. You're discovering a path through the jungle to get to this mountain. And along the way, you run into all these dead ends. You have to make left turns and right turns. You have to, you know, short directions to get around hidden obstacles. And sometimes you're headed for the wrong mountain and when you get halfway there, you realize it and you turn 90 degrees and skew off in another direction. When you finally get to the mountain and you say, okay, I've got some new functionality, that's interesting and I'm ready to you know, do something with it. At that time, it might make sense to look back at how you got there and that path and you will see it as long and tortuous. So anytime you put a coding style requirement in front of somebody and make them code in a style that's not their natural coding style it slows them down on that journey of exploration this is not code that's going to get read by somebody else right away this is write only code in the beginning while you're exploring it's just being read by you and you should not have roadblocks laid down in front of you you do not need a coding style choking you up while you're trying to make this new functionality once you've got it and you look back on it, maybe it makes sense to clean it up. Maybe it makes sense to do some kind of you know, immediate tech, tech elimination while you're staring at it. But on the whole, this large pile of code you just wrote for new functionality could, should be written in your best, fastest coding style. And if you carry that concept forward, pretty soon your, your code base gets full of different people's coding styles as each person has cut a new path down some different Piece in the jungle to get to some new mountaintop somewhere and you have a bunch of different coding styles because so I hear a lot of people say hey having uniform coding style it's mostly read code so you want to make it easier to read so force uniform coding style I say no actually if you can't get the code there in the first place you ain't got nothing to reread you need to get something down first and that's just going to happen in these different kinds of coding styles and then your code base gets littered with different kinds of coding styles Live with it. Understand how other people write code and learn to read their style. If you have to go into somebody else's style and you don't like it, but you're just doing a bug fix, leave it be. Keep some cohesion. If they're still the owner of the code, just do the bug fix and move on, move out. When you're doing your own code, expect somebody else to honor that back for you. When it comes time to rewrite that new functionality for a refactoring or a tech debt elimination, yeah, then it makes sense to go change the coding style to whatever coding style the refactoring person's going to write in. You can kind of think of it as you've painted your code in your coding style. It's like a lightweight paint job kind of issue. Somebody else has painted it a different coding syntax color. But the tech debt elimination represents a much deeper and broader problem to solve and the coding style will just get cleaned up. You'll get repainted as part of that entire job. It's not important. Go after the tech debt just as aggressively as you go after new functionality but a coding style, it's a minor piece of tech debt. Just live with it. Okay, last piece of fun advice. Um, Your eye is naturally 2D. You stare at a 2D monitor. You look at two-dimensional things all the time. Um, Code can be two-dimensional as well like in rectangular blocks. And the eye will rapidly spot the differences in a large rectangular block. So if you have something that needs to be done over and over again, but with little weird differences, if they're little same differences, you probably want a for loop. The little weird differences, you probably want to unroll that loop and lay it out all in a row, make it as uniformly equal as possible, line to line to line, and then do little diddle one-offs and your eye will spot the little one-offs and you'll understand the deep semantic meaning of why the little one-offs exist and the boilerplate will just disappear in the background. I happen to use Emacs and Emacs lets me edit 2D blocks easily and I do that a lot in my code. Okay, well, this has been Cliff Click with some bits of advice about bugs and coding style and I hope to see you next week uh, in the same bat channel, same bat time. Bye-bye.